are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sembrano. Host of Locked On Rays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can subscribe to Locked On Rays on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Odyssey, iHeartRadio, and online at fanstreamsports.com. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play Locked On Rays. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Rays and email us, LockedOnRays at gmail.com. This year, the Locked On Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to cover the NFL Draft live. Get insight and analysis from Locked On local experts and the Draft Network's national experts. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL YouTube page to watch live three-day coverage of the NFL Draft April 29th through May 1st. Well, Ulysses, uh, last night was a very eventful game and positive in the sense that the Rays won a one-run game, 4-3, to three, over the Oakland Athletics, where the arms and bats somewhat together coming in unison to get the victory. Yeah, that was nice to see, especially uh, after two in a row uh, dropping uh, one-run games to come out on top, but then <laughs> kind of giving you the... Uh, the usual uh, anxiety uh, of, of having a one-run ball game, but this time they, they, they bring the W, and it started really nicely with that top of the lineup, uh, Kevin Kiermaier there, and uh, that triple. Look, I'll forever hold on to this forever dream, and I think a lot of race fans do too. Mm-hmm. Kevin Kiermaier just has such great dynamic ability that hemming at the top of the lineup would just be so perfect. It would be so perfect if the on-base percentage was just a little bit higher. It would be the yes. perfect dream. If we could go back a decade, 15 years, and change his approach totally where it's like you don't have to swing for the fence, you don't have to force a home run, if you're willing to bunt more often, if you didn't have as much swing to your miss to your game, too much roll over to second base to your game, that would be very, very nice because he is built and he does have, I mean, you would think, you know, when drafting Kevin Kiermaier that he would have been a prototypical leadoff guy, but Mm -hmm. alas, that didn't happen, but he definitely got a little pep in his step. Uh, Should we go ahead and get to the Kiermaier stuff or you want to wait and hold that a little bit? I was trying Uh, to be a little bit, I was trying to be a little facetious there. Uh, You know, we we can go uh, whichever way you want. Uh, There's a lot of things to talk about, about the game, but uh, we definitely are going to spend some time talking about whatever that was. Uh, Kevin Kiermeyer, who asserts himself as God's gift to earth, God's gift to the world. And he showed it again and stealing Stealing a would-be catch by Randy Arazarena. And let me say this, because it, it was primed up to be a very solid Kevin Kiermeyer game in the sense that he did have that leadoff triple. And he did make another spectacular catch. I mean, a vintage Kevin Kiermeyer mm-hmm. catch where he has to reroute and turn and track the ball and make a catch at the wall. A very, very difficult thing to do. Usually once you're turned around once, you're not Three able times. to do it again. Yes. And he, he was spinning <laughs> like a dreidel there to make that catch. Yeah. Um, and But the whole Randy Arazarena thing, which it's funny because initially 
you know, instant gut reaction, I was thinking, well, that probably was going to be Kiermaier's ball because Randy Rosarina himself has a history of inserting himself into plays that he should not be inserting himself into. There have been, I can count on both hands, how many times there's been would-be collisions with him and Manny Margot or some other outfielder. But I don't think this was the case here. I think Randy Rosarino, he was set up for that ball. And Kevin Kiermeyer, no better than my dogs fighting over water, you know, knocking each other out of the way to steal the show and get the spotlight. We get it. You earn, you are the highest paid player on the team and you've got a little pep in your step for being the leadoff guy and you've been playing well lately, but it doesn't mean that you have to make every single play and have to be the entire, uh, the, the entire highlight reel of the game. Yeah. Don't let your greatness, uh, you know, become a flaw. You know, you don't have to be the Hermione Granger in in the room. You know, just put down the put put down your arm and let other people do their job. Randy Rosarena has a job to do. He's camped under that ball. Before we keep going, I want to make something absolutely clear. I do agree that Kevin Kiermaier is the best defensive center fielder since he has debuted. No question about it. Three gold gloves, platinum uh, glove to boot. He may have been robbed a couple of times during his career as well. So he is correct in saying that. However, that was not his ball. Could he have made that catch? Sure. Could he have made that out if he hadn't, uh, if Randy would have stepped away? Maybe. But that was not his. Just like, could he have gotten a pop-up by the second base? Yeah, I believe in the ability that Kevin Kiermaier has the has the range to make a catch from center field to go to second base and get that. But he doesn't because that's the second baseman's job. This was Randy's job to get that ball. And and you know, in the press conference, which was not top five, not top three, it was the cringiest <laughs> presser that I've ever seen from a race. He doubled down. Player. He doubled, he tripled down that that was his ball, no matter what. You know, and, and, and it's, it's crazy that, that he just kept going. I had four, you know, words in my, in my mind when he just kept going and going, I was like, put down the shovel, put down the shovel enough. You could have just said, look, I just went with my gut. And that would have yeah. answered a lot. Look, a guy who's passionate, he got caught up in the moment. And then you can just say, look, I just went with my instincts. That would have he, been uh, but He went on this whole diatribe about calling outfielders his outfielders. I'm sorry, this is not football. You're not a quarterback. This is the wrong yeah. sport to say your outfielders. And look, no, we're not even talking about the injury that could have, that could have happened mm-hmm. if Randy doesn't step away at the last minute. Okay, we're not talking about that. We're not talking about the the tension that can now uh, arise from not only Randy and KK, but within the clubhouse, how that affects them. Some people are going to go, hey, dude, why didn't you step away for KK? And some other people are going to be like, dude, what are you doing? Why are you taking that ball away from Randy? And last but not least, he said in that presser, I can I know that I could have made that play because I have the best arm in the league. Guess what? For that particular play, you didn't need to have the best defenders, the best defensive center fielder make that play. You know why? Because Matt Olsen's at third. He's in the 27th percentile in sprint speed. To make that, you know, uh, 
that, that's not good, by the way, 27th percentile. To make that argument even better, uh, for comparison's sake, J.D. Martinez, Kyle Schwarber, and James McCann have a higher sprint speed than Matt Olson. You didn't need the league's best arm to get him out. I'm sorry. So there it is. That's the spiel. And uh, Randy Rosarena probably could have thrown him out too, or at least had as good of a chance too. I mean, Randy, it's not like Randy Rosarena can't throw out guys. Like if it was at the warning track, maybe that would be a right. different story. But yeah, Kiermaier, a little bit of uh, diarrhea of the mouth in the post-game press conference. Look, here's the solution. Just, you know, Kiermaier, let, let's give him his wish. Two outfielders, that's it. Or just have him as the only outfielder covering the ground yeah. and just have rovers or something like that. He want, we get it. We, you, you want to make every play, but you know, some humility, I think, would go a long way, especially as the guy who's been in the game for so long. And uh, it, it's not like, look, let's, yes, great center fielder, elite, you know, best center field in the game, all that. But it's not like he's been a great player or been able to stay healthy. Like he's got flaws to him as well. So I don't know what all that was maybe just some some pent-up anger from all the years of of being unable to play and being injured and hurt and so on or can i say this but you know he has had the spotlight on him being the franchise player being in a small market team look everybody around the bay area if they're a casual fan know who kevin kiermeyer is okay that is Uh that is for certain when hustle uh when uh, rick ross soundtrack comes on everybody knows that it's kevin kiermeyer we we get that Randy Rosarena is, 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 is hyping up to be a fan favorite because of his play, his dynamic yeah. outfield uh, diving plays. And, and the other day, okay, I don't want to, you know, make one and one the, the, together, but he kind of saved Kiermaier's butt when he lost it in, in the lights and, and, and Randy came flying like Superman out of nowhere. I don't want to, I don't want to say that, Oh, you know, he, he misses the spotlight on him, but it definitely looked like that. And then the presser, I'm just, I'm just outstanding that he could even go on this five minute rant about how he is not wrong. Just, just take the L look, nobody is saying that you're not the best center fielder just because you let Randy Rosarena make that play. That doesn't negate your greatness. At all. Why, why does it have to be a binary situation where if you let Randy make that play, then I'm no longer the best defensive center fielder? No. That means you trust him to make that play. And again, who is at third? No, who's at third? It's Matt Olson. 27th percentile in sprint speed. We will continue this discussion. Uh, much more to talk about on this game, of course. Uh, we have been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing, low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. I said it, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. So go to builtbar.com or check them out on Twitter at built underscore bar. And remember, use that promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D. One five to get fifteen percent off your next order. That is locked fifteen. L O C K E D. The numerals one five to get fifteen percent off your next order at builtbar.com. Uh, some comments here from some locked on raised listeners out there on the 
Kiermaier fiasco. Uh, Ricky says 100% Rosarinas. I get KK as the better arm, but that was a uh, not so nice move. I'll, I'll clean that up a little bit. Not so nice move by KK. Uh, Sebastian Alvarez, kind of selfish of Kiermaier to do that. Yes, he does have the better and stronger arm, but I mean, you got to relax. Uh, Jake Stokes, straightaway left field, not a speedy runner. KK trying to do a little bit too much there. Randy has a good arm too. Got to let him play his position. And then Zach Dabb says, uh, Kiermaier did have the better arm and he is the outfield captain. And it did look to me like he was calling a Rosarina off. Was it a little too much? Maybe, but I don't hate it. Maybe still a little amped up after that leadoff triple. Uh, he has done it before though. And I don't think this is anything a steak dinner for Randy couldn't fix. Certainly not grounds to trade him though. Okay. Uh, so there are opinions well, out there. Look, I, yeah. I, I think this will get sorted out one way or the other. I think the clubhouse is strong enough to uh, get this resolved. You just hope the language barrier and everything like that is able to clear that up. But again, let, let's go to the positives here. Okay. The Rays won yes. this game at By the end the of the day. Yeah. I'll tell it, it was now Kiermaier won the game for the Rays. That, that's what the there headline, <laughs> that's what he wants the, the headline to be with that. But, um, very solid out. I mean, really again, the, the pitching staff as a whole did the job. Michael Walker, pretty much all that you can expect. Maybe some people think he was taken out a little bit too soon, although he did allow some hard hit balls that maybe over time, you know, third time through the order, that might be a problem. And then in the bullpen for the most part, clean things up. Uh, Diego Castillo, again, making us a little bit nervous, uh, giving us a little bit of headaches there with man, Sean Murphy's got some pop yeah. at the catcher position. And uh, I, I, he looks exactly like Matt Chapman. I mean, those, those two guys with their chin line and neckline, they look, they look exactly alike. But um, I think if there's one super positive to take away, it's the fact that uh, the offense, the, the bats actually starting to get going. Francisco Mejia, really? My I mean, I, I'm just he waiting is. for it, it. It's almost like it's one of those things where it's like at some point, it's a, we, we can't have a good hitting catcher in the Rays organization. It's like, it, it's impossible to actually see this and, and to see this for the entire month of April. It's like, what is going on? I, I feel like I'm almost a negative Nancy in the sense of, when when's the other shoot going to drop? When's the problem going to happen? But he shows he's continuing to do it and, and hitting. I mean, he hit a, a sinker, a, a slider, a splitter for a base hit. I mean, he had the, the damn near the, the longest single longest, hardest hit yeah. single in baseball history in that game really should have had had three doubles. But I think the fact that look, you know, Francisco Mejia, let's, let's remember he had a really good 2019 where he was able to play half the season for the San Diego Padres. 2020 was a wash. The Indians didn't give him enough time. It, it, it's so funny that these organizations, they call up a catcher at 21 years old, 22 years old, playing for a, handle, uh, a handful of games at the big league level and call, uh, call him a lost cause or, or say, ah, you know, he, he doesn't have it. He can't figure it out. Uh, I think give that, a guy some time, let him develop, yeah. let, let him simmer for a little bit. And I think that's what the Rays are, are doing right now. And man, he might, again, he, Legit. I mean, he's playing like an all-star right now, I think, anyway. Yeah, and it's so great to see him hit the ground running like this because 
we know how you know, people that make their their debut, you know, they want to make a big splash, and some sometimes they get into their head and 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 don't make the the proper adjustments that that they should be making, and and, and then it, it just compounds after that. But he's not; he's he has been on fire since day one, man, and it's it's so great to see this ability uh, when everybody else is kind of struggling. So this is nice to see that he hasn't been uh, subjected to you know a, a big slump to start the season. And hopefully this can now, you know, serve as a reminder for the fandom and for himself when that slump eventually comes because these guys are human beings and they're not machines. Uh, when that slump comes for Mejia, uh, he can remember, no, what, what did I do in April? And people yeah. can remember fandom. Uh, the fandom can also say, you know, he was scorching in, in April. He can get back to that as well. So I think that's fantastic. And uh, I like that we're highlighting a, a catcher in the race organization right now because I think it's a little bit of foreshadowing for the third segment. Yes, uh, third segment, we will have uh, one of the Rays' better top prospects, a guy who's getting a lot of love lately, Ford Proctor. We will uh, play part one of, uh, of a two-part interview we did with him. So that'll be coming up later in the show. Uh, the other thing I want to mention, Brett Phillips, playing hero a little bit. Again, getting a two-run home run, although he should, he should give that ball to the umpire. He should sign that ball and give it to the umpire because he was out. He should have been called out on a strike on the pitch before. You know it. Everybody knows it. He was gifted a gift, but again, takes advantage where Montas is like, oh, I really got to throw one in the zone now to get that strike, yeah. and the ball leaks uh, into the barrel. And I didn't know that Brett Phillips had a little bit of, you know, deep center field oppo power, but I guess when a guy is throwing 96, 97 kind of generates it there, uh, here, Brett Phillips, this is what I'm looking at. Uh, the magic number six, Ulysses, do you know what that means? Magic number six. No, I do not. Okay. Um, that is the amount of, uh, home runs that Matt Duffy had in his Rays career. Brett Phillips currently has two in his Rays career. So that is the goal, I think, for okay. Brett Phillips. Can he surpass Matt Duffy Ooh. Uh, as a home run leader in the Rays organization? Because I, I, I don't think I'm speaking out of turn that these guys have similar, I guess, power profile. I mean, Matt Duffy had more bat-to-ball skills. He just didn't have a lick of power. Uh, Brett Phillips doesn't get a lot of opportunities and, and you know, kind of a light bat as it is. So I think... Can he get four more? That, that's the thing. Does he get enough playing time? Does, does he stay with the organization long enough to do that? Right. Exactly. That, that's, 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 I, that's the caveat. That's the wrinkle in, yeah. in this prop bed. I think we should put this on Twitter and have some fun with it, uh, with, with the fandom, see if he can break it. Now, can he break it this year? Mm, that might be a little bit of a that'll stretch. You, you, yeah, that'll be tough. But uh, if he plays this year, next year, hmm, well, then, then you have a shot. This is how he breaks it. Okay, KK goes down with some kind of injury, you know, misses two-thirds of the season, and then Brett Phillips get a, get, you know, gets enough at-bats to, to get the job done. When you talk about Kevin Kiermaier getting an injury, is it because he's tackling the catcher because he's trying to get a pop-up from Zanino? Or? I think so. That, that's got to be it. Look, so, this has to get resolved. I think it will get How resolved. So? Again, as Zach alluded to, steak dinner. Fancy, you, you know. know Take them to Burns. Get some take. Look, they, they all the, you know the team's pretty much all vaccinated. You can go out to a restaurant together. Really, really spend, spend on the, the the dessert, the wine, everything. You know what? Even better, take 
KK should take out Randy and his brother to the nicest restaurant in St. Petersburg. You know what? He's got the money. He should definitely do it. In the presser, he did say Randy Rosarand didn't do anything bad, anything wrong in that play. So, well, KK, what does that mean? So I think that should be great. And you're right. 85% of tier one, uh, which is coaches and all players and all that, have been vaccinated. They have to wait for those 14 days after the second dose. And then guess what? Go out. And and, and you know what? This might come at a perfect time. Because now they can kind of relax. You know, the slumps are not the only thing that is going in in their mind. They can play games in the clubhouse. They can go out for dinner, like you said. This might actually come at a great time for for, for the race to kind of clear the air and, and, and have some other activities to do um, during this crazy time. I honestly thought they would have more issues with the players going down and having to sit out because of the side effects of the COVID vaccinations. But the only one we really heard of, I think, was Diego Castillo. So maybe the Rays played it right and they were like, okay, we have we're going to schedule these shots for the team um, you know, when we have an off day or right before we have an off day. You right. know, get get the shots done after the game leading into the off day so you can can kind of mitigate all those Correct. things. So good thing that they worked all of that out. Okay, before we get to Ford Proctor, part one of our interview with Ford Proctor, we've got to tell you about one of our good friends, and that is Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. This week has tons of sports action on the go as the NFL draft is on, and the Kentucky Derby is back as the first leg of the Triple Crown begins this weekend. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs into the playoffs. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And remember, use that promo code locked on, L O C K E D O N, L O C K E D O N. Okay, Ulysses, on today's episode of the Locked on Rays podcast, we are joined by a very special guest. Uh, In fact, I don't think I'm speaking out of turn in referring to Fort Proctor as one of the Rays' top prospects in their farm system uh, and starting to learn the catching position and and really starting to generate some fanfare with that. First off, uh, Ford, thanks for joining us. How are you doing today? Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm doing well. How about you guys? We are doing very, very well. Um, first off, you know, I, I know that just kind of a little little icebreaker here to get started. Um, what's the situation with minor league ball? Have you been told where you're going to be assigned, whether it's single A, double A, or is that still going to be happening within the couple day, uh, a couple of days? I, I assume it's it's got to be on the horizon at some point. Yeah, we actually, uh, we're finding out tomorrow. They, they told us they're releasing the rosters tomorrow after our game. So 
just normal spring training. At least in nineteen, they let us uh, they let us know like the last day of camp. So that's what they're doing this year as well. Okay, so that that that, that should be pretty exciting uh, to to know what what's uh, ahead of you because. You, like most of us in, in the world, have been kind of struggling with this new pandemic world. So can you kind of uh, tell us, kind of paint a picture of what a day-to-day uh, looks like for, for, for Proctor uh, during the pandemic world, getting ready for baseball activities? Like, can you walk us through uh, a normal day? Yeah, it's pretty similar, actually, baseball-wise uh, compared to 2019. That's my only other spring training. And then, and then 20, of course... Uh, got cut short but as far as baseball goes it's it's pretty pretty normal um the first week or so is individual work and then we start doing you know some some live at bats or whatever and then the last two weeks or so have been games but as far as the the workload goes and the volume it's it's been pretty comparable the only difference is of course you know we have the twice a week testing and then you know we take day uh daily intake they just take our temperature and ask us a few questions. And then of course we have to wear masks um, in the facility and then inside like the gym and stuff. But baseball was uh, pretty, pretty spot on with how 19 was. Okay. That, that sounds pretty comparable. Like you said, um, well, first of all, I, I want to get into uh, you know, the, the fact that you are a race type player, one that has so many different gloves available in, in his locker how has that transition from being a middle infielder to catcher gone for you? Is there one position that, that you like the most? Do you miss playing in the middle infield? Do you still play the middle infield? How's that going for you? Yeah, so I'm actually doing both. Uh, <clears throat> I started catching during, you know, all the COVID stuff, actually. And the plan is for me to continue to play infield as I was before and then just adding on catching uh on top of that but it's gone well um i enjoy the position a lot actually uh i had a lot of people growing up that that told me i should catch so it's funny that that now it's kind of you know some of those people have have been right and telling me that i should catch like my high school coach told me had a few uh coaches in college and then you know among other people but i'm enjoying it a lot uh you know learning a new position is exciting and especially behind the plate. Um, you know, it's a position where you're in control of the game, you're calling pitches, um, everything kind of goes through you. So I'm, uh, I'm having a lot of fun with it. Yeah. And Ford kind of following up on that with the catching position, uh, we know that the Rays definitely like to stretch, uh, stress defense and aptitude as far as, um, the catching position goes. Is there something in particular that they've really stressed to you, um, as you've been learning the position, just, you know, whether it's, you know, pop time, uh, blocking pitches, framing, calling a game, or is it just kind of a mix of everything? I didn't know if there's really one thing in particular that they've stressed to you as of late. Yeah, of course. I mean, all of those things are important, but I think uh, one of the biggest points has been, you know, framing is, is a big part of it. Anytime you can steal a strike, it's huge. So we work a lot on, um, you know, on, presenting the ball, of course, making balls look like strikes to the umpire. And then, of course, just handling, you know, relations with pitchers and, and getting on the same page with them. Because anytime, you know, you can be on the same page with them, it makes the game go a lot smoother, um, you know, a lot cleaner game. So so pretty much just that. Yeah, and, and speaking of framing, you know, the, for, there's been a lot of talk and a lot of scuttlebutt about 
Um, the possibility of, of robot umpires, I don't know if it's going to happen anytime soon or if it's even ever going to happen at the big league level. But do you have any kind of quick thought or opinion on that, given that you are trying to learn how to frame and that is such a big aspect of the, the game that the Rays are focusing with? Or it's just something like, hey, if, if that's part of it, you just have to learn to adjust and, and I'll strengthen my other skill sets at the catching position. Yeah, I've heard rumors of that too. Um, if that does happen, I mean, that's such a big part of the catching position. I mean, there's so many metrics that they grade catchers on now as far as uh, receiving. And that's, like I said before, one of the, the biggest things that the Rays harp on us as catchers. So, yeah, I mean, I don't agree with it, to be honest, just because I think there should be room. I mean, there's always been room for human error in baseball. It's, it's a part of the game. Um, and a lot of the umpires do a really good job, especially at the big league level behind the plate. Um, but that would be unfortunate because that's such a big part of catcher's craft is, you know, some of the guys that are the best in the big leagues are the guys that receive the ball well and, um, steal strikes. And it goes a long way throughout the course of the season. Just, um, you know, as people can keep up with data now and the impact that it has uh, over the course of a season, just based on how a catcher receives. Well, speaking about data, uh, you know, let's get into a little bit of, of numbers here. You're, you had, you actually went to the Australian uh, league and, and had solid season numbers. A, a, a slash on a 324, 452 on base with a 544 slugging. You had more walks than strikeouts and your on base percentage actually led the league. So your over year production of yours has actually increased uh, at, at, at the plate. So were there any specific adjustments that you were trying out at the plate while with uh, the Perth Heat? Yeah, there's some things that I, I actually worked on uh, heading into the 2020 season. Um, and then I, of course, got to continue to work on it throughout the, the lockdowns and all that. Just gave me more time. Uh, in, I mean, nothing really in particular, just kind of improving some stuff with my setup that would help me get in a better position. Um, really focusing on, you know, driving the ball more because that seems to be the way the game is headed or it is headed that way um, with so many home runs and, and everything. That's that's kind of old for, for hitters nowadays. So, yeah, just trying to, to get into a better position to hit, more powerful position um, that will hopefully translate to you know, more driven balls and um, maybe a few extra extra base hits. Uh, well, you know, sometimes you you gotta you gotta flex those those muscles and, and get some pop. I, I understand that. So, <laughs> staying in in the Australian league, um, you know, a little bit outside of of baseball again, pandemic world. But did you have any fun outside of the baseball field stories in Australia? I mean, honestly, like we know, you you probably maybe had a a few options to do. But are there any memories of living in Australia for for that while that have stuck with you? Uh, I don't know of anything in particular. We we had some downtime. We got to play a lot of golf, and we played a lot of poker uh, on the road. So I, I got to improve my, my poker game quite a bit, which hopefully will come in use this year on road trips. <laughs> uh, Ford, I mean, you, you made us perk up a little bit because uh i am both a golfer and a poker player ulysses is a poker player we're i mean amateurs 
uh, as much as amateurs can be spoken about. But I uh, got to ask, uh, as far as your golf game goes, what, what are you playing with? What's your handicap? What's your situation right now? I, I hate to be so uh, up front, <laughs> but just want to know how good your golf game is in comparison to baseball. I uh, know you're putting me on the spot here. Uh, <laughs> it was it was pretty good leading into Australia, and in Australia I was playing well. Here of late, I'm kind of going through a bit of a, a rough patch, but okay. we'll uh, we'll get through it. It's kind of tough to find time during the season, but you know I'll, I'll be able to get out there on some off days, hopefully. But the golf game is, uh, you know, it'll probably have to take a back seat until next off season. Okay, we once again want to thank uh, Ford Proctor for joining us on the program. Again, we'll run part two of that on tomorrow's show that wraps up this edition of the locked on ways podcast as a reminder uh, check out the locked on today podcast as well hope you all have a wonderful day stay safe and we'll talk to you on thursday